Welcome to the next message from Encounter Church. For more information about our church, visit us online at EncounterPGH.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the message. We're going to begin a brand new series called What's in a Name? If you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and pull them out. Your old-fashioned, old-school Bibles with the pieces of paper, go ahead and turn those out. If you have a tablet or a smartphone that has uh, the YouVersion Bible app on it, if you have connection to the internet right now, I recommend you go to the App Store and you download the Bible app because it's the most effective way to be able to get God's Word into your hands. It's incredible. All right, What's in a Name? Do you know the meaning of your own name? Think about that for a second. You, each of you have a name. Each of us have been given a name by our parents when we were born. But do you know what your name means? Perhaps your parents chose a name for you based on a meaning. I know a lot of times as parents are, are uh, preparing to have their baby, what they'll do is they will um, look in a baby book name or they'll look on the internet for different meanings of names and they try to choose a name that is significant or has some kind of meaning and then they give it to their child. But even if that was the case for you, do you truly identify with that name? Do you live in that identity on a daily basis? Most of us don't. In our modern culture... Names are usually not much more than labels that really help us distinguish one person from another. So I'm Jared, this is Allison, that's Aaron, right? And and we don't really know what the names mean so much as they're just distinguishing between one person and another. But in scripture, the names of God, the names of God are like miniature portraits, okay? So in the Bible, we see God will come onto the scene in various times and he'll introduce himself and he uses it as a description or a descriptive word or a, or a verb of some kind that will help us to understand and, and the promises of who God is and how he relates to us. Many names of God in scripture give us a revelation of his character. They give us a revelation of his works and his relationship to us. And the names which God chose for himself, and that's important to understand, is that God didn't get named by anybody. It wasn't the people who saw him who named him. God chose these names for himself to describe who he is and his ability to to affect us and to change us and how he relates to us. And we can know what God is like, not only because of his perfections, not only because of his works, but by his names. And so today, we're going to begin a series called What's in a Name? And we're going to explore this month four different names of God that we find in the Bible and how they uh, mean to us. And so we're going to begin with the first one, which is called El Shaddai. El Shaddai. The word in Hebrew, El, is just a generic word for God, okay? So it's kind of like how we use the word God. It's not so much a name as it is a general being, right? So they flipped the word and they said El, but then in the Hebrew words in the Old Testament, they took words that were, that were descriptors after it, and Shaddai, which means God Almighty. El Shaddai means God Almighty. And so I looked up some dictionary definitions of the word Almighty, And the first one that came up was having complete power. Having complete power. The second one was unlimited power. Unlimited power. So the word almighty, so when we're talking about a God, we're talking about a God who has complete power. A God who has unlimited power. So it's not like you can tap it out at some point, right? And as I was thinking about it this week, how many of you have seen the movie Aladdin, the Disney movie Aladdin? Almost everybody has seen this movie. It's such a great movie. Do you remember in the film when Genie says, phenomenal cosmic power? 
And they says, itty bitty tiny living space. This is, this is kind of what God is like. I think we even have a picture of him. This is kind of what God is like. Not that he's a genie in the bottle, but that he has incredible power. This is the God of the universe who created the universe with his voice. And even though he doesn't have a tiny little space to live in, in fact, the Bible says that he lives on the mountains, that he resides in the sky, that, 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 that God is so massive that the earth is his footstool right? Imagine like, have you ever seen those like an ottoman that you kind of sit on the couch? That's the earth for God. Like that's what God says. He's massive, but he's got these cosmic, unlimited and complete power. So today let's explore how an almighty God relates to us. About 13 years ago, when uh, my wife and I, Heather and I, were, uh, were pregnant, when I say we were pregnant, people always say we were pregnant. I wasn't pregnant. I was just supporting my pregnant wife. But with, uh, with my daughter, Autumn, Autumn just turned 13, so it was a little over 13 years ago. Um, Heather had been on medication at the time uh, for a, a health condition that she had at that period of time, and uh, she was on a particular medication, and the doctor actually informed us midway through the pregnancy that that particular medication that she was on was actually uh, very damaging to the, to the health system of a new baby. And they said to us that we had about a 75% chance that our daughter was going to be born with a serious health defect, with a birth defect called spina bifida. Have anyone heard of spina bifida? This was, uh, a, this was traumatic news to us. This is our first child. We weren't knowing what, to, what we were going to be prepared for. And God forbid, I mean, our thought was we were going to be born with a baby, our first child, when we were young. I mean, we were 20 years old, 21 years old. We had just gotten married a few months before that. And, and, and we were going to possibly be born and have a baby who was going to have a severe disability for the rest of her life. And that's what the doctors told us. Heather had already been on this medication for about a month prior to this. So, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't already in the system. And so we had a couple of choices. Our choice was we could just say, well, uh, I mean, the doctors, some of the doctors would say, you know, you, you have a, a chance of having a very disabled child. I think you should just abort the baby. Another choice would have been for us to just say, well, we're going to do all the tests that we could possibly do. Like uh, I think they do uh, amnio uh, checks where they check the different fluids in, inside of the uterus and, and, uh, and to see, you know, what the chances are. You could just do nothing. But we chose to pray to, to El Shaddai, to God Almighty. And so we trusted and we prayed and we believed and we said, God, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if, if this baby is going to be born with this birth defect. And if so, you were going to help us. But we prayed, God, heal. God, heal. Would you do the only thing that only you can do? And we were prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And the baby came and Autumn came perfectly healthy, perfectly normal with no birth defects whatsoever. That was God Almighty. El Shaddai, God Almighty showed up in our lives and in our hearts. And our beautiful daughter, Autumn, is here today the way that she is because of God Almighty. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where you didn't know what you were going to do? Have you ever found yourself in a place where you were, that you didn't know what was going to happen? How am I going to get through this? Maybe in your bills. Maybe the bills are piling up on you. I don't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to pay these, these bills. Maybe, maybe you lost your job. You know, and you're in a place, you're saying, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. How am I going to find another job? My, my skill set isn't what it used to be, or it's not valuable in our society anymore. Maybe you've asked the question, am I ever going to find the person, that special someone that I'm supposed to spend my life with? Maybe you find yourself today in a place where your marriage is falling apart, 
or you're in a relationship that is in deep trouble and you don't know what to do. Maybe your health is failing you. Maybe today you're in a place where you just aren't sure how you're going to make it because of pain that you're living in or there's a disease or something that you're struggling with in your body. Or maybe you just know you're supposed to do something in life, but you don't know how to get there. You can't see it. Maybe God has asked you to do something. He has a plan for you. He's put a dream in your heart, but you have no idea how it's going to happen. It looks completely impossible. Has God ever asked you to do something, but you just don't know how to get there? Well, let's look at a passage in the Bible today where for the first time in the Bible, God introduces himself as El Shaddai. And let's see what happens in Genesis chapter 17. Verses 1 through 8. If you have your Bibles, open them up. We'll also have the verse on the screen. Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old. Is anybody in the room 99 years old? I don't think so. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. I love that he translated it for him. (laughs) Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give your countless descendants. At this, Abram fell down on the ground. And then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. And what's more, I am changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you will be called Abraham, for you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful, Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan where you now live as a foreigner to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever and I will be their God. Okay, now a couple things to notice here, first off, is that Abram is almost 100 years old, okay? Now, for those of us who are parents in the room right now who have children, most of us are in our 20s and in our 30s who have small kids, right? Um, if if we, have, we do have some individuals who are older in the room, could you imagine having children at your age now? Could you imagine what it would be like, but not just to have a baby, but to have become the father of many nations, to have countless descendants? I mean, that's, that's something that you tell someone at the beginning of their life as they begin to dream about what their life could be like and what their family line could be one day. But Abram is told very early, hey, I'm God and I am the almighty God, he begins to tell him everything that is going to happen in his life. And it seems completely impossible. Completely impossible. But here's the deal. And if you're taking notes today, this is the big idea. Against all odds, God is able. Okay? Against all odds, El Shaddai, the God almighty, the almighty one of the universe, is able. Okay? If you're taking notes, write that down. In your program, you'll find your notes page. Against all odds, God is able. Let's take a look. For Abraham, God was able to do what? First, he was able to give an old man descendants. I mean, that in its own right is against all the odds, right? I mean, if you were to tell a 90-year-old to try to have children, it's probably not going to work very well. In fact, that's what happened. In fact, that's that's actually kind of how it went. He went and told his wife, this is what God said, and she laughed at him. I mean, if if someone came to me and I was 99 years old and they said, you're going to have a baby and not just one, but I have a whole line of descendants, I'm going to think there is no way that that's happening. 
But for Abraham, God was able to give an old man descendants. Secondly, he was able to give him a new identity and a purpose. Up to this point, Abraham was actually just Abram. His name was Abram, and he was known as a nomadic traveler. He would travel from place to place. He had a few sheep, a few goats. That was it. Nothing important. No one really knew who he was. And God found him in the middle of the desert and said, I'm changing your name to Abraham, which means the father of many nations. And finally, for Abraham, God was able to change his fortunes. The last part of that passage said that God is going to make him him a rich man, that he was going to give him not just enough, but he was going to make him an example to the rest of the world that people would know that God was with him. Now, why does this matter? Why does this matter to us, what, what God said to Abraham? Because of the big idea that against all odds, God is able. God found this guy, who was in the middle of the desert and came to him and introduced himself, not as, hey, I'm God, fear me. He said, I am El Shaddai. I am God Almighty. The first time he introduced himself to this man was he was letting him know exactly who he was and the ability that he had to transform his entire existence. And I believe that God is doing the same for us today. As I was praying this week and praying this morning about this message, I said, God, what is it you really want to say to people? I mean, your Bible, your word speaks all the time. It has been in existence for 2,000 years and people can read what I'm about to say to them. I said, what is it specifically that you want to say? And I felt like God wanted to get the idea across that if we could just understand that truly God is almighty, unlimited power, complete power, that that would change the way that we look at our circumstances. It would change the way that we pray to him. It would change the way that we see our marriages, those things that I mentioned, the bills that we have a problem with, the marriage that's falling apart, the dreams in our life or the desires of our hearts. All of those things would now be able to be viewed from a lens of of seeing it through the eyes of an almighty God who if he says he wants something to happen, he is able to make it happen against all odds. That is who El Shaddai is. Against all odds, God is able. And so how does this matter to us today? I have some thoughts. Against all odds, God Almighty can do these things. Number one, he can bring your dreams to life. God Almighty, El Shaddai, can bring dreams to life. That's what he did for Abraham. I mean, it was a laughable dream. I'm a hundred years old, God, and you're asking me to be the father of many nations? But God is able to do the impossible. In verse 2, he said, I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't just like, you know, I might do it if I feel like it. I mean, God doubled down and put his name on the line. First of all, he shows up and goes, hey, just so you know who I am, I am God Almighty. Secondly, he goes, and because I'm God Almighty, I will guarantee something to you. And we know it's true. The Jewish people in our world today, the millions and millions and millions of Jewish people are descendants of Abraham and came because of the promise that God made. But God wants to give you a God-sized dream, a God-sized dream, because Because if there was something in your heart and you could just do it yourself, well, who gets the credit? You do. 
But God wants to put something inside of you. God wants your life to be lived on purpose and for a purpose. There's something that he wants you to do. It might not be, you know, some crazy thing like moving to another country, but what is it that God's put in your heart? When you think about what what makes you tick, if you were to say, I have a dream for this, chances are God put that dream in you because you're the one who can make it happen. Because you're the one who, who when you get to that place that, that God created and designed you to be the one to bring that thing forward. What is it that God is putting in you? God Almighty, El Shaddai, is able to, is able to bring dreams to life. And some of you have a dream, but you've forgotten about it. Some of you, the dream that's been in your heart or in your life or something that you felt like you were supposed to do in life has been beaten down or has been trodden down or life has gotten in the way or you just think that there are just mountains in the way. There's just too much for me to deal with. I can't even think about that. Abram, in this moment, was in the middle of a desert. We don't really know a lot about him in that circumstance, but perhaps when God came to him, let's imagine that the circumstance could have been dire. Perhaps he was facing a drought. We don't know that to be true, but maybe. What if, what if when God showed up to him, when God said, I am God Almighty, and the picture that he painted for him of what he would be doing, he's going to have descendants when he had no children. He was going to be rich when he had no money. What if all of this picture that God painted was in stark contrast to what his life already was like? But we know it to be true. God brings dreams to life, and he can do the same for you. God Almighty, against all the odds stacked against you, can bring your dreams to life. The second thing that against all odds that he is able to do in your life is to transform your identity. Verse five, he said, instead you will be called Abraham. He changed his name. Now, many times in the Bible, we see name changes signifying a change in identity and a change in purpose. It happened with Abram. Abram was changed from Abram, the nomad, to Abraham, father of many nations. It happened to Jacob. Jacob was one of the sons of of Isaac, who was Abraham's son. Jacob was changed to Israel. In the New Testament, there was Saul. Saul was a murderer. He was a, a, a man who hunted down Christians, and he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. We find this in the book of Acts, okay? And what happened was his name was changed from Saul to Paul. And now we know Paul is the great apostle, who one of the greatest apostles who wrote most of the New Testament. There is something that happens in the Bible when a name changes, their identity changes, their purpose changes. God says, you are no longer going to be known for this. You will now be known as this. This is what I created you for. And I believe that God wants to do the same thing for us. There are people in this room right now who are thinking that they're failures, that they're mistakes, that the things that they don't like about themselves now are what define you or what your identity is. And that is not true. God sees you as who he made you to be. He sees you as the final finished product of who you were created to be now. And even though you are not there, even though right now you're like, I am not that beautiful person. Even right now, I'm not that successful person. I'm not that secure individual. God sees you as perfect He sees you as who he made you to be. And when we walk around every day wallowing in our chains that have held us back, in the mistakes that hold us down, in the struggles and the things that we deal with that hold us back, and we realize when we're constantly looking in the mirror at the things that have made us who we are, people think that they are the sum of who they, what they have done, and that is not true. 
God says, I see you for who I created you to be. And even though you made these mistakes, I see you as wonderful. I see you as perfect. I see you as confident. I see you as lovely. I see you as strong. I see you as successful. And he wants to give each one of us a new identity. But let me tell you something. You cannot walk in those dreams that God has for us. The things that God wants to give us, we just talked about a minute ago that he wants to bring dreams to life. You cannot walk into that dream until you step into the new identity that God wants for you. You can't. You will not be able to live the life that God has for you, wants for you, created for you, if you're constantly gonna chain yourself back to the wall of where you began. You have to let go and stop seeing yourself as the person that you were before Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ comes in and he says, no, I have set you free By the blood that I shed on the cross, I cover your sins for all time. You are no longer held back by these things. You are free from them. Walk forward in your new identity. And that's going to mean something different to each one of you. But I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you now. This morning when we were praying, Heather came and told me that she was just praying this morning and felt like there was someone in the room who maybe struggles with an eating disorder. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know who it is. I have no idea. But if that's you, know that the Lord God, El Shaddai, God Almighty is speaking your name today. He heard you. He knows what you struggle with. And he says, that is not you. That is not what I have made for you. That is not who I have you to be. And I also felt like as I was praying today, that somebody in this room identifies the label, the identity that they, that they have been living under is that their job, the way that they perform at work, Whether they're successful, that means they're successful. And if they're not doing well at work, that that somehow they're a failure all over in life, that that is not your identity either. That you get who you are, your identity from the things that you do well or don't do well. And God says, no, that is not true. You are loved because I created you that way. Because you were made in the image of me. Stop looking at yourself based on your successes or your failures. I love you because of who you are. Because you're my child. So maybe I hope that there's somebody in this room that that speaks to today. God wants to take you and change your identity. And he has the ability to do it. I mean, he's not just just fluffy. He literally has the power to change the way that you walk forward. But you have to be willing to walk when he takes the chains off of you. El Shaddai, when he speaks a new name, it brings authority over the past. And that's important to understand, is that the authority of the God of the universe, he says that when he speaks, that it is true. So you have to believe what he says about you. And you have to know what God's word says for you to know what he believes about you. Read God's word and see how he loves you, how he loves you. Against all odds, God Almighty can transform your identity. And finally, against all odds, God can change your situation. Verses five and six, he said, you will be the father of many nations and I will make you extremely fruitful. Now, this is not to say that God is saying to each one of us that he's gonna make us rich. But what it is saying is that he has the ability to change your circumstances. So as I mentioned earlier in the beginning about about your bills, your financial situation, or your marriage, or your health situation, or whatever it might be that you're struggling with and you're feeling like there is no way. El Shaddai, God Almighty, has the ability to transform and change that situation. Before this, Abraham was a nomadic shepherder. That's what he was. He was a sheep herder. He would walk around with a few sheep, and he would feed them, and he would feed his family, and that was about it. 
But God saw a different path for Abraham and called him to it. Whatever situation you find yourself in today is not permanent. Okay, whatever it is, I can tell you from experience in my own life that there were times where I had no idea what we were going to do. And a perfect example of this is uh, several years ago, about five years ago, Heather was working in the private sector for a construction company and she lost her job. Just around Thanksgiving, she got laid off and we needed the double income. We needed the dual income to be able to support our family. I said, God, what are we going to do? I don't have, I don't have the, the large amount of money that was coming in. I mean, half of our budget is gone. I mean, that means half of our bills can't be paid. I mean, that's right. You do the math. And we just prayed to God Almighty, God, what are we going to do? I need you to show up. And we prayed and we prayed. And you know what? I don't know how it happened. We started to think that maybe at this time, Heather could start like a childcare business. At the time, our son Lincoln was small and, and he had really not done a great, uh, wasn't doing well in the daycare that we put him in. It was a really rough place. So we felt like he needed to be home and be able to get health from, from being with his mother. And we prayed and said, okay, God, we're going to take a risk. We're going to do what you feel like you're calling us to do because we felt like that was something that God had put in Heather's heart and her ability uniquely to work with kids. And so we started this home daycare, kind of this just babysitting service, if you will. And, and, you know, I don't know how we made it, but we somehow the money was always there. Like, if you looked at the numbers, there was always more expenses than there was income, but we were always on it. Somehow God always brought it through. And I don't know what it is for you, whatever your circumstance is, but now we have a place of five years later, we have a, it's a pretty, thriving, uh, pretty thriving enterprise. God has built enough of a name for Heather's business that when, when someone is going to be leaving, she just puts out a, a, a notice on Facebook or to friends and says, hey, I'm looking for another kid, I have an opening, that generally somebody comes pretty quick. That's nothing that we've done. That's all God setting these things up. But we started in a situation where we didn't know what was going to happen. But God Almighty, El Shaddai, came into the circumstance with his power and made a difference. And whatever it is in your life, whatever it is in your life, he has the ability to change your circumstance. But here is a prerequisite for all of this, for all of it. Whether it was bringing your dreams to life, or transforming your identity, or even changing your circumstance. In verse 1, God introduces himself to Abraham, and then he says this, Serve me faithfully, and live a blameless life. Now most people skip over that, because it's like, Hi, I'm God, I'm El Shaddai, I'm God Almighty, and then they go, and then they go, and I'm going to make you the father of many nations. But right before he gives them this promise of all the things that the God Almighty is able to do, he says, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. God, the Almighty One who created the universe with his voice is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or even imagine. But he desires for us to know him. He desires for us to serve him faithfully. God desires a relationship with us. He desires a partnership. El Shaddai, God Almighty, can bring dreams to life. What dreams are in your heart? What is it he wants to say to you? What is it he's calling you to? Maybe today he's birthing a dream for the first time. El Shaddai, God Almighty, can transform your identity. He's calling you today to leave behind the chains that have held you back. The names that you've been called, loser, freak, You grew up on the wrong side of the tracks. You're ugly. You're overweight. 
You're a workaholic. You're not a good father. You'll never amount to anything. All of those things. You're an addict. You're inconfident. You're incompetent. All of these things that have been labeling to you, God is saying, no, that's not who you are. You're a child of God. And you can do all things through Christ. You are more than a conqueror. You are victorious. You are loved. And nothing can separate us from the love of God. El Shaddai, God Almighty, can change your situation. Whatever it is. Whether you need a bill that's paid. Whether you have a health situation. Whether your relationships are crumbling. Whether you need to figure out a way to get back in relationship with your children. I don't know. Whatever it might be. God Almighty can change your situation. And so I will leave you with this today. This challenge It actually rhymes. Rely on El Shaddai. Rely on El Shaddai. See, that's the thing that I really wanted to get out of this today as I was praying. I felt like God said, if if I could just help people to understand who I truly am to them and what I could do in their life, it would change everything. And do you understand what I'm saying to you? That if you see God as able to do everything, anything, even the impossible, it will change the way you talk to him. It will change the way you talk about him to other people. It will change your attitude and your perspective on how you face your situations. And so some, some, some thoughts or some steps that I thought. The first thing is to put God in his place. And that is high above. The almighty whose earth is his footstool deserves to be lifted So when we come on a Sunday morning and we worship and we praise his name, that's your cue to give him the place that he deserves. That's for you to sing as loud as you can. That's for you to use your body, to use anything, to use your dance, to use your your skills at work, wherever you are, to use everything you have to give him praise and glory because he is almighty God and he deserves it. Give him his place. Also, allow God Almighty to speak new identity to you. Take time to rest. Take time to listen. In just a moment, Aaron's going to lead us in a song. And I want us to take time to listen to the Almighty and what he might speak to us. Perhaps his voice is thundering in your heart today. And he's saying something to you loudly. But perhaps he wants to whisper in your ear comforting words too. But let's listen We have to listen to him. We make time to listen to him. And whatever your circumstances, whatever your situation is, ask El Shaddai to take control of it. God oftentimes is waiting, just waiting to pounce. But he's a gentleman and he will never force himself upon you. And he might be just waiting for you to say, I need help. I don't know what to do. Will you take control of this? Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. If you call Encounter Church Home or if you'd like to partner with us to support the work that God is doing here, you can take advantage of our online giving option. Just go to EncounterGiving.com. Also, stay up to date with us throughout the week by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at EncounterPGH. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.